When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Big bang boom. Bing bang boom. Good morning. Good afternoon and good evening and good night. Uh, what's up, guys? How you know, we doing? I'm a little tired this morning. Are you? Why? The only thing I like about being tired is I get this kind of third dimension to my voice. Yeah, I know. Which I thought could be interesting. You know, I second your uh, your exhaustion. I slept two hours last night. Oh, really? What happened? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Fun stuff. No. You know, just stuff. You know, you got, uh, you know, lots of teenage daughter stuff. So, mm. you know, always, uh, always stuff, you know, a lot yeah. of stuff going on. A lot of schoolwork. A lot of stuff, you know, up, up late with the up late with the girls, uh, you know, hammering out some stuff. So, yeah, it's just crazy. They have so much work and, I don't know, it's lots of responsibility. So I'm a little tired too. But uh, Great. But I'm feeling good. Feeling, uh, I'm feeling chatty. Hit me again, Matt. <laughs> Put a little stank in it. Um, Andy, how are, you, how are you doing? Pretty good. When you, when you say hammering out some stuff, carpentry? Yeah, we're building. Birdhouses? No, bunk beds. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So we're making them a brand new set. It's funny. Nice. I almost applied to that uh, viral post that went out where that lady was looking for a little white guy to help her build stuff. <laughs> I wouldn't do it. I swear I to God. You know what? Yeah. A viral post? Yeah. When all she like, said a little white guy? A little white guy <laughs> to help what her build What does that even mean? Help her build stuff. Wow. Oh my God. Wow. I can build stuff. I. What are you talking Let's about? See, I don't know. I'm kind of little. I'm, I am white, and uh, <laughs> who, I like to build. Who so. sent this post out? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It went viral? Wow. I've never heard. I didn't hear about it. Yeah. <clears throat> Otherwise, I would have showed up. I like to build. Are you sure this wasn't on TaskRabbit? Maybe. What's TaskRabbit? Was when you hire somebody to come help you do stuff? Maybe it was TaskRabbit. Oh, TaskRabbit. I don't oh. know anything about this. TaskRabbit or Rabbit? Is it grab it? Like task grab it? No, to I believe, do no rabbit. I believe, rabbit. I believe it's rabbit. Like the animal. Like a speedy rabbit. They always put a rabbit on oh, things when yeah, they want to yeah, do like yeah. speedy delivery. Or like yeah, Volkswagen mortgage. had a car called the rabbit. Mom had that car. Oh, Volkswagen rabbit. Yeah, somebody tried to grab me out of the back seat of that car. Oh, I swear to God, we were at a cemetery. <laughs> we were driving by a cemetery. What? And it had, the, it, had the, it had the roll, you know, windows. It's in the early 80s. And we were on our way to the train station. <laughs> I swear to God. And, <laughs> yeah. We're at literally and I'm Why? in the back seat. In in the in the back seat. Um I think I was in my like like um I was probably like car four. Seat. So I was like in a but like, you know, that seat that's not a car seat, but you can't actually sit in the full yeah, seat. Yeah, I know. And it, we had the belt seats because it was an eighty one rabbit or whatever it was. 
And uh, yeah, I had my window down looking out the window and he tried to pull me out. And I remember mom screaming and hitting at him and, I, and she said, roll up the window. And I remember trying to roll up my window and then she, the light turned green. And she sped away, but he tried to unbuckle my seatbelt. Yes. Never forget that. What? That's how I remember the rabbit. Mom had that. It was a weird like, like burgundy champagne-y. I sort of remember Yeah, that. remember that car? Yeah. It was anyway. And it had burgundy interior or brown interior. It was like a smoky brown. Mm. I think it was like a topaz actually mm. was the color. Yeah. So uh, I'll always remember that day with next to the cemetery in the Volkswagen rabbit. Boy, we've had some interesting people uh, we have. We have. after us over the years, huh? Yeah, we have. It's been, uh, it's been a long haul. It's been a really, really, really long haul. I don't know how we, I don't know how we keep plugging away. I guess it's just, uh, what, what, what would you associate it to? Just the fact that, you know, four decades later, obviously just besides some amazing, you know, people that support us and fans that like what we do, thank God, and allow us to work. But, I mean, what is, how do you think we're still hanging in there? Because, you know, you start getting into that four-decade mark, <clears throat> I, I don't care. I don't care what. Uh, yeah, what uh, year you start? I mean, or what age you start at? Four decades into something, you know, that's a lot. That's a long time. I mean, you don't even realize the context of that until you realize, like, when people work at a company, like, hey, I just celebrated my fortieth year. Like, oh my, wow, bravo! I don't feel like that, but it's, mm-hmm. it has been that long. Yeah. So, and I, I often people often ask me, like, you know, what, what is it? How do you guys still find? you know, the will or the energy to do it. And I, I, I don't know. I associate it to just, I guess, like an old school kind of like work ethic that was ingrained in us, right? Yeah, it's a discipline. Uh, it's a discipline, keep, right? I mean, that's our purpose here, right? To just work. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever seen that chart where uh, they show talent uh, and then discipline, and discipline always beats always talent just because that. if you're taking those incremental steps right. forward every day right. and you're disciplined and you have work ethic, you're going to outwork the person who has talent, so maybe they started above you, but because they're used to their talent and they're just used to using it every day, and then it gets quantitative to the point where you're so far ahead that they can't even catch up. That's right. Mm. It re- it being re- talent. And, and, then, and then when you have the combination of, you know, like where you have a super just innately blessed, talented person, and they have the workout. Oh, then you have a superstar. Then you get Michael Jordan. Yeah, then, you have, then you get Kobe. Then, then you, you get Tom Brady. Epic, then you get yeah. these guys. Like, I remember, remember when we were growing up as kids, Matt, like, you know, Michael... Like Jordan would go for off for thirty eight points, you know, ten assists, five steals, but he went like nine for twelve at the charity stripe, and he was so pissed after the game he'd go literally right into the gym and just shoot like five hundred free throws, yeah. and that's how you knew like the greatest ba- basketball player ever in my opinion. But you know that he was the guy that went back in that night. Everybody else. Went home. He went mm-hmm. back in, and, and then that's Kobe how adopted yeah. that. Kobe, Kobe adopted. Yeah, I remember that. My and then Kobe was first about, in and, for, and last yeah. and last my out. My favorite story about Kobe is he went to some training camp, and like all the kids were like, "Wow, Kobe Bryant's here!" And he was, you know, doing his thing, and he was in the training camp, and and so one other one kid was like, kind of keeping up, not really, but he's like, "Wow, I can't believe I'm even like kind of keeping up with Kobe Bryant. That's amazing." And then at the end, Kobe made a speech, and he was like, "I just really appreciate everybody here. Let me work on my left hand." And he realized, "Oh my God!" <laughs> he went through the whole training course working on the off hand. Yeah, so that on, type of work ethic and that type of discipline yeah. is pretty yeah, And that's why, arguably, at the end of their careers, which happens to everybody, physically you deteriorate, right? Yeah. There, w- whether you're a sports athlete and, and, and your aptitude, your physical ability deteriorates, or whether you're on camera like us and physically you just deteriorate, you don't look like you did when you're, when you're younger, you're the, you should be the best at your game at the end of your career. And Jordan mm-hmm. was. He had a fadeaway. He had yep. a three-point shot. He didn't have anything. Kobe was the same way. Yeah. Better at the end of his career. He was yeah. a better passer, everything. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's just working on that innate ability. Look at Tom Brady. I mean, his discipline. Yeah. Oh, my God. What yeah. this guy does. And it was what Kobe did. 
There is no off-season. No. Off-season is a different regiment than during the season, but there's no off-season. You're not getting out of shape to get back in shape. Mm. You're just, you are constantly fine-tuning. So you re-enter every season with an additional piece into your arsenal, you know, not to your arsenal, not, not trying to recapture what you had last season. And I feel like as actors or as, you know, creators or entertainers or whatever it is, you should get better every year you have an opportunity to do it. And I think some of the best people in our industry have. You look at just even actors like George Clooney. He, I, I don't know him well enough to say that I know him, but I, he's a better actor now than he was when he first started out. Yeah, no question. And his first that. two or three movies, like Peacemaker and these things, or when he played Batman, which was not, was, I didn't enjoy it was that. Rough. It was super rough. It was rough. But what a great actor he's turned into. Brad Pitt the same way. Yeah, I mean, dude, yeah. Brad Pitt is unbelievable. That performance he gave him once upon a time in Hollywood was sick. That was yeah. probably so, one of his better. Yeah, I agree. One of his best, yeah, he was so understated in that. I mean, you're opposite Leo, who's arguably the actor of our generation. Yeah, for sure. And Brad Pitt, in my opinion, was more effective in that movie than even Leo. I actually just was more engaged, and I love Leo. I don't know. But they were both pretty. I, they were great, good. both great, yeah. but there was something about Pitt's just I, balanced I don't steadiness. Know, that scene in the trailer. Oh. When DiCaprio oh, yeah, talking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. talking to himself. Yeah, and he cries. About, and then, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And he goes to sip it and he throws it. So blah, 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 blah. I mean, oh, oh that God. scene but was it, like a master class of yeah. acting it on was, its own. Was, but honestly. It was, yeah. It's a one-man show. <clears throat> but, I mean, it was right. blew my mind. And I'm not saying man. Pitt's better than Leo. What I'm saying is in that movie, I just was, I was, so, I was entranced with his performance more than I was Leo's. But I'll tell you something. The performance, to me, that nobody will touch that only Leo could have pulled off was Wolf of Wall Street. That, oh, to me, yeah. Yeah, it was, the best was, yeah. un that was unbelievable. believable. Yeah, he was amazing. His range yeah. in that. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. His, <laughs> that, even that first, that first penny stock that he sold, oh, yeah, he yeah. was like, yeah, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. That, land, that scene when he's driving that Countach home. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, oh. his range in that. Dude, that was so when sick. When he gets back. Oh my God. Was it a Ferrari yeah, or a Lamborghini? A Lambo. It was a Countach. <laughs> like, yeah. Good. yeah. <laughs> Dude, that then movie. wakes up the next morning. That movie was brilliant. Total. That movie was brilliant. Yeah, it was, it was so, pretty uh, badass. You yeah. look at that and that's discipline. That is just continuing to work yeah. and work hard. And they're blessed they have the opportunities to work at that level, you know? Yeah. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com And for us, I think, it's, we, were, we were grown up. We, we were just well, brought up we that were way. born into a different era, too. Yeah, you had to work hard. There I mean, it no... didn't even matter that you were underage. <clears throat> right. Like, if you weren't there and competitive and on it, 
and knew your and knew and had prepped and actually not just knew and had prepped, but had brought something of your own to the yeah. table. Yeah. yeah, that's the only way you were you were you know would oh. fit in with the rest of the the crew and the cast. Now, I mean, it, I don't know. I walk on sets and I'm, and I I, oh. I I I I do I'll get from people like you know oh wow you know you're you're prepared. Like, <laughs> I know, right? Like, yeah. Well, I hope so. It's, it's basically the only thing I got. I mean, if I don't yeah, prepare, nowadays because there's you really don't have. I mean, mo- unfortunately, the luxury of rehearsing is gone. Uh, well, unless you're on like a really big, big project. Not yeah. even, not but, even as much though. You hear about like, like we were watching that interview with Al Pacino, and he was like, I mean, I'm used to getting no, three to six months. Oh, I'm yeah, used yeah, to getting was, three to six months of rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> six. Yeah. We get three to six minutes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. we're gonna walk through this and then shoot. Months. Exactly, pretty much. Yeah. And yeah. then you understand why yeah. David Fincher does 123 takes wow. of yeah. a scene. Yeah, yeah, because he throws the first 80 away. The rehearsal. You Look, know? it was always an like average three it. weeks. Always, yeah, you got three weeks rehearsal. Now it's. I mean, that was just nothing. I know. And now yeah. it's nothing. It Literally really nothing. Is. And I. But you're right because growing up, I remember when I would go to table reads on Give Me a Break, oh, and I couldn't reads. read. But you know, the table read was that part where. You know, you'd sit there with all the producer, the network. It's the first time the they heard the script and, and the cast, and the yeah. first that they heard it. If you didn't nail your lines, like they were cut, literally, they cut your lines, yeah. and they'd give them to people that nailed it at the table read. Yeah. And I remember the first—I mean, like the first time that I sat down at the Give Me Break one. I didn't know what to expect. What was like five and a half, mm-hmm. six? Yeah. And you know, I had all these lines, and I couldn't read, so I had memorized them. So I had to memorize everybody else's lines. You know, I didn't read fluently enough to be able to do that. So mom had worked with my ass off with, you know, those things. And I get there and, you know, I crushed that moment. But I remember the director coming up to me and saying, you did a good, you did a good job. And if you ever don't get laughs like that, just know your lines are going to be cut. I mean, to a six-year-old. Like, I know. I, to just, no, we were, by the way, we were just putting like, right into it. Yeah, there was no like, was sugarcoating. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, here mm-hmm. you go. You're feeling bad about it. So, okay. Wow. You get some crayons. You get a puppy. You know, no. It was I, like, if you don't deliver, you're out. And you know what? You could say that's harsh, but it's great training. Because you know what? That's life. Life is hard. Yeah. Life is not easy. And you got to step up. You got to do your best. It's about work ethic. That's all you got I th- is your work ethic. And I think what it really helped, I mean, and just us, we, we got a, a, a cool experience and, and got to really define a really good worth, work ethic because we were going to school and also, but also yeah. working. So we were navigating, navigating through the normal life of, of being a kid and those responsibilities. But we also had the responsibilities yeah. of a job. Yep, you know, and well, not set school I'm, either. Like I'm really, school. I got another. See, I got another story about just not just cutting lines. I'm so thankful. I got for, other people for that stuff. kind of no, Why would you do that? no, <laughs> uh, no, not at all. I could, never yeah. do that. Um, me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no. I know. I'm just kidding. Um, and uh, so I got this movie, and it was a, there was a lot of like comedic people in the film. It right. was like Adam Sandler, Rob Schneider, right. Anna Faris, and all these people. And um, there was they were having a table read. We and. Going back to the, that era, I caught just the end of that era, toward some of the last films that I did in that era, and we. So they put me in football training for six weeks. Right. I right. trained with USC. Then we rehearsed for three right. weeks after that. Right. We still had that bulk of time, which right. was really really cool. But the moral of the story is, thank goodness for that sitcom table read training. Absolutely. Because there was no like lead up to it. There was no, hey, this is going to be a big table read. You got to do it. It was just, you got the info, show up. You know, it's just right. a table read. Do your best, whatever. It's not the case. No. When Adam Sandler shows up and he's got bits and he's throwing out things and everyone shows up, point of the story is the, there was a guy cast 
as my um, like best friend in the movie. He had right. quite a large role in the movie. Right. He didn't have that training. Yeah. He didn't have the discipline. He was very well known at this time. <laughs> right. Like, to be honest, he actually auditioned for the role that you got. That I got. Yeah, I and then they were like, "But we love you. I mean, you're doing so good right now. Would you take this role?" And he was like, "All right, I'll take the the, the best friend role. Whatever." Yeah. Anyway, he gets there. Again, really well known actor. I was even like, "Wow, this guy's doing really well." He just didn't prepare, man. No, yeah. And ev when you go around the table and you've got Adam Sandler and Anna Faris Rob, delivering, like yeah. delivering their own bits and like it's big. And then you get to him and he's like, um, so, and he missed the joke. No. So they fired him. Yeah, they do. That's right. They didn't even have him back the next day. It's crazy. They man. just let him go right at the end of the table. It's crazy, dude. All of us kind of saw it happen. It's devastating. Yeah. And you know what? What's yeah. really wild is that it was hard for him to regain his stride again. Like, yeah. I really think that was a big kind of moment yeah. in his life where, because after that, his career kind of turned and never got back on track. Right. And it's like a moment like that, I could have been in his position right. for sure right. if I didn't have that right. discipline and work ethic yeah. to know that, man, I not only got to know my lines, I got to know everybody else's, and I got to come prepared <laughs> with beats. And I also got to be able to, to be prepared mentally to be able to riff yeah. And go off book with these top level comedians. Yeah. So like I've been thinking about it for like five days. I had uh -huh. written all, you know, so, and thank goodness I had that preparation. Because yeah. if I hadn't, I would have been the one who was fired. Work ethic and discipline. I'll tell you a story quickly that matches that. Or not matches that, but is similar. Melissa and Joey pilot. We, we put that show together for ABC, right? And we're sitting in there and... You know, Melissa had similar training to us where she came up in that world. You had to deliver a table read. And with the whole script with us, it was a long script. It was 58 pages, which is about 10 pages longer than a shooting draft. Okay, not to get too in the woods about that. But at any rate, everybody was there. It was ABC Family's first, like, half-hour comedy that they had really swung for the fences with a couple of names, you know, with Melissa and I headlining a thing. Mm -hmm. It was just a pilot, okay? We had, and, and what they do is they time the script supervisor Times. Oh, yeah, I remember. Remember times. Oh yeah, the and table they were time card. I've so not they seen time, that in right. years. They time the table read, and that way they can tell how long You're they are. Right. So, so if if we run because a a half hour an episode of half hour comedy can run about twenty two minutes. Yep. Okay, because you have to factor Bad eight breaks. minutes in for ads. Yeah. Right. So twenty twenty two minutes. So they basically time it so that if it goes well, but we are twenty nine or thirty minutes, they know they have to cut seven minutes out of the script. And now they've heard what works, so it's easier for them to cut what isn't as funny, right? The stuff that doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. So we had, we had, and they call, the difference between the 22 minutes and however long the script is, is called the laugh spread. Yeah. Okay? Normal right. laugh spread for a funny script is about five minutes. That's like a great laugh spread. Yeah. Okay, that's You're like right. the best of the best. Yeah. Okay. So Melissa and I were so on our game, and the script was so well, well written, we had a 14-minute laugh spread. Okay? It was such an amazing table read. Okay, and Melissa and I were so equally on it that that pilot, when we got, when we had our first network run through, which is four days later, okay, and they had to cut a lot, obviously, because they had the crazy, right. they, the president of the network announced that they picked us up for a full season without wow. that show airing off of a table read. Right. That's how important that there is. There you go. It's, no, it's huge. Preparation, wow. yeah. you don't realize it. and discipline. Yeah. I'll never forget it, because that's never happened. You know, you shoot a pilot, you, you wait, have to wait six a long months. time. <laughs> and that's never happened again. But that's, in that moment, yeah. they knew based off of that preparation yeah. that they had something special. Had and then they did. They had yeah. a, you know, it was the number one show in the network and it ran for five years. So, yeah. you know, you guys were both on it, you know? That's right. Yeah. I remember. That's right. That. That's that right. Fun. That was really fun. That was yeah. really fun. So, 
any rate, but that is what it's about. And I feel like we may not be the most talented guys in the room, certainly not the best looking guys in the room, or certainly no, you know, not the most unique guys in the room, but we've been able to hang around because we work our asses off. Yeah. And we're continuing to work our asses off, and we have to do it in different ways because everything changes every five years. So like yeah. that work you're used to has to be new kind of work. And we're still finding things, yeah. you know? And Thus, I, and the I, Brody Love podcast. And I think we truly love it. That's which it. is the big, di- well, I love the big thing. I just love being on set. Me too. I love the camaraderie of like, <clears throat> you know, whether it's a small crew of 30 or a big crew of 150 all oh, working no together. And a chef. I love it. No what, trailer. Oh, or you have a, a, a craft yeah, suit, yeah, a yeah, bus yeah, and yeah, a yeah, chef. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's really opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, but yeah. Man, no I, food or a bus. I don't care. I don't care if I have no room. No. I don't care if I'm changing on the side of a road. Like, I really do. I love the process. I love working with these people. That all have, you know, their abilities in, in their, you know, own, you know, lane and they do it so well. And you see all these people working so hard to create this one, like, basically dream or imagination that somebody yeah. had. Living art, man. All working together. I think, I don't know, I think there's oh, nothing like, like, you listen to a great song that's also one of the top, yeah. you know, pinnacles of art forms, in my opinion. But then when you do a motion picture, actually, you combining music moving pictures, yep. performances. It's, I truly don't think there's any other like really greater art form on the planet. And to get to be together, a part of something like that. together in the right way, and a lot of times we see it come together in the wrong way, but when right. it comes together and all those parts work, oh my God. and it's edited right, and oh, I mean, and you're it's like, be the greatest why thing. does this moment feel like the greatest moment ever? And that's, you know, that, that's the magic of, like, like I said, especially I love it too, but after all these years, in all honesty, I love it now when I feel like it's something good. Yeah, like, and when you're there and it doesn't feel, because you can also feel that. Of course. It's like, oh, my God. However, I've been surprised <laughs> and so have people on set. Hey, we dredge through this. We thought pro- this was a piece of crap. Dredge through this project, gets into the yeah. editor's hands, and yeah. this guy just finds the, the crux and changes yep. the whole thing. And you go watch it, and everybody's like, oh, hey, this is Well, crazy. as we know, editing can make or break. Right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, you could have a bunch of shit footage, and somehow it comes together, and you're like, this is incredible. And and the and the other side of it, you can have a bunch of great footage, and the editor destroys destroys it. it. Yeah. Did you hear? Did you know the story about destroys it? That's no sleep. I lose my voice when I sleep. I can't sing when I don't sleep. Me either, dude. I'm tired. Ah! I can't sing. Yeah, I can't Um, sing. So, um, let me try a little. Andrea Pacelli. La ba la ba. Go go. What now? Little warm up. I do. La 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 la. I don't even. You totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. No idea what I'm I was sorry. saying. Train another good band. Let's sing one of their songs. Oh god. Oh god. Uh, <laughs> and Stain. But you know what? A band called Stain. Yes, there was a Stain. I'd like to see a Train Stain <laughs> like combo tour. Train and just when you thought you couldn't get enough of Train, we have Stain. What? <laughs> there was a Stain on the Train. No, 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 no. They're two bands. They're performing together. <laughs> anyway, good. No, I forget where I was going. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't even I'm so know. sorry I did that to you. I'm sure it'll come back. It might come back. I okay. Don't know. I hate when that happens. Me too. Was it you feel like I'm old? Well, I yeah. mean, there was a good point to it. Yes. Yeah. But, you know. Not just the one on the top of your head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here all uh, night, try the veal. Oh, my uh, God. I can take it to another point that I missed before. Okay. Which was that, um, so Tom Brady, we were talking about. Yes. He, got, he caught, well, he's been catching slack, but he caught a lot of slack. I think it's so funny. He's people, the greatest ever, dude. No, people like When did it change? People, the greatest yeah, ever is a, now like, somebody you hate. It's so wild because I love the, the I love the media with how they handle things these days. It's literally like uh, Mean Girls. Yeah. They literally are talking about how they're the most compassionate people on the planet, but yet then Tom Brady, he was on top for long, t- long enough. Yeah, I know. He messed up his marriage. Now let's go for the juggler. Yeah. And it's like, 
What is wrong with what people? What did he do wrong? Why does and then the whole media turns turns on this guy and you're like, wait, what is going on? It's so strange. The most compassionate people on the planet then just attack someone who's actually going through a rough time. It doesn't make any sense. Where's the compassion? Anyway, my point is they they jumped on him for saying this. I mean, jumped him. He had to apologize. Yeah. And you know what's funny? I was watching it going, I understand. What did he say? What did he, what did he have to on? apologize? I understand. Why, uh, there's a reason to tie this all together. I'm Tom Brady. I'm not apologizing to anybody. I understand. I understand why people wanted him to apologize and why he later did apologize. Okay. I understand. Okay. But I was a little bummed that he didn't explain what he meant because I actually understood and felt 100% of what he said okay. because it also relates to our business as well okay. and relates to any group of people all that right. are trying to accomplish anything bigger than themselves. He okay. said, they asked him because his ex-wife was talking about how he was not present enough in right. his relationship. Right. And he said, the only way I can really explain it to you and the only way you can relate to it is if you've been to it an NFL season, and for me, that's most of the offseason as well. Right. I told you, he, he like, preps in the offseason. It's like the going to war. These are my, oh, this yes, is my, I remember this that. This is my I remember Marine that. squad. I remember that. And we are a band of brothers. We're trying yes. to create. And everybody was like, you're trying to com compare like a $300 million salary and a cushy football, football job. To war. To war. How could you do that? And he apologized. Later. That's not what he meant. What he meant was, unless you've been to war. Unless you've been a part of an, uh, uh, a championship-winning team, right? it's the dedication with a group of guys. It's that connection. You have to be brothers. You have to develop those connections. You have to trust each other explicitly. You have to go. Basically, you have to forget everything else and go head on onto this one thing. By the way, Sounds he, like making a movie. <laughs> By the way, point is, I'm I, mean, it does, I felt it. I felt him when he said that. People don't understand. No, people don't get it. You're right. It's hard. Yes, we're not, we don't have guns or bullets faced at us. We're not trying to literally save the world. I get that as a football player or as an, a person trying to make a film. But there's a commonality between a group of people right. coming together for, for something that's way bigger than themselves. Right. And literally, you have to dedicate anything. And the traveling, like when we go away into a strange country for eight months and have to shoot a movie, you do lose Parts of your family you connections. Do. You do. There's no way you could possibly be present for them when you're here, and that's the Eight commonality. Oh, he wasn't Water trying. World? He wasn't trying to. I've been, uh, been another country for he, he was. Jeez. He was. Lord of the Rings. Shows. He wasn't. He wasn't trying All to. Five uh, of them. What are you? Doing? Yeah, dude. No, weekend at Bernie's. Nothing. Weekend at Bernie's. One that's and nothing. two. Maybe it was seven months. We had three months off. Yeah. Seven months. Yeah. Seven yeah, months, bro. That's. <laughs> When I did the very special Blossom what? episode in no, Paris, no, we were in Paris for this three is, and a half this months. Is not up to, this is not up to debate. I don't, know, I don't know why you're even debating this. Seven months? Yeah, absolutely. On a television show in what? Toronto? You were in, sorry, it was, you it was were Quebec. In, you were in Toronto. Yeah, I was there for months, seven. Six, sorry, six months and three weeks no, out of actually, the year. I was there for eight months. Yeah, I moved, eight months. Toronto, there you go. Yeah. Okay, just look at that. Okay, right, 15. But, but you're I right. forgot it was a show. I thought you were talking about a movie. I was like, what movie are we shooting? What he's saying is, though, he wasn't trying to... To, to draw a comparison between the two, he was trying to relate them. That exactly. it's it's very different. He was he giving, wasn't trying to equate them. He was trying to relate them. He was and that's a metaphor different. as to what it's like to try to let people he understand. He wasn't saying they were that, equal. He was just trying to relate them so people could get. So you guys like what Tom Brady? Like. Huh? No, I don't. It's not about liking Tom. Brady. TB twelve, baby. TB twelve. No, the goat. Honestly, <laughs> the goat. It's not even about liking Tom Brady. I mean, I love Tom I'm Brady. not that. He's I'm awesome. like a huge fan of Tom Brady. I'm not. I just. I am. You are, yeah. That's I'll fine. tell you why. He's great, but... I, I'll tell you why. For the I same reason I love a... Jordan and Kobe and these guys is because he is <laughs> in a relentless pursuit of perfection. 
and I respect that. And I, I am as well. I respect it after. And I am as well. I respect with every eyebrow well, that I pluck. I, no, I, with I, listen. He he has all the money in the world. He deservedly so has worked his ass off. He never quits. He's the he's the first guy on that field, the last guy off that field. And even after all of the Super Bowls and all the records, he has them basically all. Okay, and all the money and all the fame. Okay, he still wants it. He that's still the hardest. Wants it. By the way, that is the hardest part uh, of any game. Discipline, discipline, and what else? Work, Work ethic. ethic. That's the hardest. That thing is to why maintain. I love this guy. That's why I love Kobe, and that's why I love Michael Jordan. Yeah, they and guys before them too. I mean, but yeah. I'm just saying. Those three guys are just relentless, relentless, and that is what it takes. Absolutely. That's why I respect them. And I, I respect anybody at the top of their craft that's the best at what they do. I mean, you look at, okay, nobody has had a career like Tom Brady. Nobody has had a career like Tom Cruise. Same thing. You can think what you want about Tom Cruise. Personally, I try not to judge people personally. We all make mistakes. We all have moments. We all do things other people don't, don't agree with. It's not really for us to say. What I look at is his body of work. Tom Cruise has single-handedly the greatest leading actor career ever. It's hard to dispute it. Nobody really over four decades it. has had number one movie after number one movie after franchise after franchise. Well, and, and he puts them together? Single-handedly and, saved the theaters. He does. They were on their way out. You I think mean, about that when Maverick you got Top Gun Disney thing. that right. buys up Fox, right. the only studio left right. making movies that aren't... Marvel or, know. You know, or Batman. Black or, Adam or whatever it is. These I know. big things. He bought him, disbanded it, and chucked out all these really great players in the in the business because he knew or he thought that the future was streaming and theaters right. were out. And look at the the president that then fought with Tom Cruise and I then know. I know boom Tom Cruise he said just no stuck it to has his, to be a theatrical release and and you know what it was an amazing film if Tom hadn't been involved in that if Tom hadn't been involved in that if Tom had not been involved in that movie, if that was not Tom Cruise's movie who put that together, no way would that have been the movie it was. No. 1.3 billion, fourth no, highest and it probably what if, ever. what if we switched him? What if Tom Cruise was in Black Adam and The Rock was in Top Gun? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, I got to be honest with be you. Be interesting, huh? I, it would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> not as Tom's character. No, no. no I wouldn't no, I wouldn't no. mind seeing him in as one of the generals. <laughs> yeah! Maverick, why are you doing this eyebrow thing? Maverick uh -huh. ready to go up in the sky. Well, I can't even do it, but ready to go up in the sky. <laughs> uh, you know, you know. Uh, it would be difficult. for the last yeah. 20 years, Maverick. Working out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't been building planes. I've been lifting them. Oh, God. <laughs> Turns out Maverick had applied for some weird government science right. experiment. <laughs> yeah, he's like a, a super soldier. Oh, God. <laughs> and then you have Tom Cruise in Black Adam. He's like... Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. work either. Gonna, uh, <laughs> that definitely would not work. So gonna, That'd be uh, one of Tom's biggest bombs. I'm gonna save. Uh, I'm gonna save the world. I'm <laughs> yeah, very angry. I'm a very angry God. We are. I'm a we demi God. Yeah. <laughs> that, wouldn't, that wouldn't work. He's yeah. just running <laughs> really fast. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, anyway, so I I respect work ethic. Work ethic I respect discipline. Yeah. And I, and I respect it even more when you've achieved all you can achieve in yeah. the field you're in. I yeah. mean, there's nothing else for Tom no. Brady no. or Tom Cruise or any of these guys. And I'll give and the Rock. Still want it. I'll give the Rock. Oh, the Rock's incredible. There. He's relentless. He's a perfect example yes. of discipline over talent. I agree. No. Nope. Sorry to say that. Wait. But it's true. I agree. The guy has just outworked everybody else. He's the hardest He's not the guy best in the room. actor. No. Nope. Man, he has just outworked. He'd even tell you that. I, I don't think you're being insulting. He'd even tell you that. I think so. Yeah. I look. I think it's. Again, again, The Rock. 
in 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 my opinion, I know they 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 compared a lot of his early work to Schwarzenegger. To me, no way. He's, he's no. They, well, they have. Yeah, to me, he's not as innately engaging as Schwarzenegger was. There was no. something very unique about Schwarzenegger. It's unique, yeah. He had an ability to do Terminator and then twins. But in like, the same respect, he kind of adopted Schwarzenegger's <clears throat> mentality. Outwork everybody. Of outwork everybody. Outwork. I love so Schwarzenegger for that same uh, thing. We have a. The time oh. has come. Oh, the we got time has come to save the day. Oh yeah. No, I'm, I'm still working on the jingle. I'm still working on the jingle. What about that? <laughs> it's the favorite part of our podcast. Yeah. That's no. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. We'll work it on. We're gonna edit it and post. We'll put a little something in. A little, a little, uh, a little ditty. A little, a little Lawrence brother jingly thingy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's that one? Barry Manilow. Barry Manilow. Meow 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 meow. Yeah. You can't do any of the uh, jingles. I know. Hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars. I'm from... stuck on band aids. Meow 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 meow. Band aids stuck meow, on meow. me. He wrote that too. He wrote them all. He made millions. Oh, he's like literally off jingles. Yes, off his jingles. I know. What are we doing wrong? Guys? I thought I love coffee, but coffee doesn't love me. How about that? I love coffee, but coffee don't love me. Really? Well, no. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, some people, you know, makes you. I mean, it's you have that coffee and you're ready to go. So if you have any issues with your stomach, then you're going a lot. I don't think that would work. For the brand, yeah, you know. I love coffee, but it doesn't love me. Ah, <laughs> yeah, I love coffee, <laughs> but it doesn't love me. A, a bathroom door closes, <laughs> and the sound design. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Remember Dumber. that scene in Naked Gun? Uh, Remember when he's too. in the press conference uh, and he goes into the bathroom oh, and he's like, "I'll be right back." And he go and he still has his hot mic on. He goes, he's pissing and pissing oh, yeah. and pissing and pissing and pissing. Later and then, regurgitated and then, in Austin Powers. Blip, blip, yeah. blip, blip, and then he keeps going again. <laughs> and everyone's like, and then they cut. And there's this weird moment of silence. Like, oh, thank God, he's done <laughs> pissing <laughs> again. Ah. Lots of yeah. <laughs> Honestly, that scene is the reason why I uh, ho well, hopefully, I haven't gotten caught with any sort of hot mic issues. Because oh my gosh. That scene impacted me so much. So I was like, I gotta take my mic brilliant. off every time so I do anything. Brilliant! That was such a funny scene. Anyway, all right. All right so, favorite part of the show, uh, Andy? Why don't you tee this one up? Because uh, I don't have tee the paper it up, Andy. No, oh, here, no, you tee it up. You're good. No, I don't, you're I don't, better. I don't, I don't have the paper. You better tee it up. You tee it up. Paper, you're right. Andy, it. too. It's all you. I don't have the paper. I couldn't even read the paper if I tried. All right, I'll do it. Like I do everything. There you go, buddy. Okay, so we're gonna be talking to um, Samantha today. Okay, and we'll we'll let her tell us a little bit about what she's doing. But apparently, this is. She has a little bit of a dynamic here with her family going on, and, and, we, and we love to do this um, kind of each week on the show because um, it just gives us an idea, you know, kind of what other people are going through. There are family dynamics that are chaotic for everybody. I don't think any family is perfect. If they say they are, then they're lying. Uh, and honestly, there's perfection in the imperfection, I think, in family and us figuring out things and navigating things. We always do. We have for our whole lives, and we're blessed to have the ability to do so. Um, so we're going to check in with Samantha now. She's going to tell us what's going on. And we're going to see if we can shed some light that may or may not help her. And there she is. <laughs> hey, Samantha. Hey, Samantha. How you What's doing? What's going on? Good. How are you? Thank Good. you guys for having me. Good to see yeah, you. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. So tell us about yourself. Samantha, how are you? I'm really good. Okay. Um, I'm excited to be here. I, uh, I come from a really big blended family, so I am... Just excited to be able to share a little bit about my siblings and how much I love them and how incredible I think that everyone is. So awesome. um, cool. I just wanted to start, um, kind of lay out a little <clears throat> bit of my family dynamics. In total, I have six brothers and three sisters. Wow. Um, six? And so is there 10 of you, use... including you? Is it 10 of you, including you, or nine? There's six brothers and three sisters, okay, so... and I'm the oldest of everybody. Wow. wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
So I, um, my parents were married until I was about 10 years old. And for them, I had my sister, Christy, and my brother, Petey. And then my dad remarried. And when he remarried, um, his uh, new wife brought along my stepsister, Stephanie, and my two stepbrothers, Anthony and Joey. And then later on, when I was 14, my half-sister, Jackie, was born. And when I was 19... My half sister, my half brother Gabriel, wow. was born. So I'm 19 years older than the youngest. And wow. then when my mom remarried, um, she remarried my stepdad Mike, and he had been um, widowed, and he was raising his two boys, who were my stepbrothers Michael and Billy. And I'm gonna share a little bit about the uh, the chaos that ensued in in that household that I lived in the majority of the time, and how that bonded us, and how that bonds kind of helped us as adults as we face kind of difficult, um, you know, difficult losses and everything. So when I was about 15 was when my mom got remarried, and at that time. They brought five kids into one household, and we were 15, 14, 13, 12, and 11 years old. Wow. Um, and we we did a number on them. And <laughs> my parents always, they always stressed, no matter what, from the beginning, like, it was not a your kids, my kids kind of, like, thing. Like, it was always, like, these are our kids, you know, like... For us, for our kids, it, it took a little bit of time to catch on. I know the first week that we all moved in together, it, it wasn't just the kids that we were all combining. It was also two dogs, two cats, a bird, and whatever reptiles my brother was keeping in his room. Now you're talking and match language. He's obsessed with reptiles. We'll come back to this. We'll come back to this. Finish your story. Yes. Well, I, I learned that my new stepbrother um, kept snakes in his room the first week that we lived there because I was in the bathroom and all of a sudden one of these snakes just slivers across my leg because it got loose and I never like jumped up so fast in my life. I was standing on the vanity in the bathroom like opening the door to jump out, like running down the hallway, slapping my brother on the way to my mom and like crying to her about these boys that she was making us live with. Because prior to that, my sister and I like we outnumbered my little brother, you know? Right, so, right. you know, we like tortured him, you know, like, you know, normal like sister stuff, you know, yeah, like you guys telling the, him he's adopted, putting makeup on him, <laughs> saran wrapping him to his bed, you know, like that normal stuff. But now like we yeah. were outnumbered, you know, and yeah. we were not really too happy about that. Um, but as you know, time grew, my siblings and I, um, besides normal little sibling fights, we also kind of got in trouble together often and... Um, there were parties at the house, sneaking friends into the basements, mm. a few calls from school, a couple visits from the police, you know. Here and there, we really gave, uh, we really did a number on our parents. And if we went on vacation, our yearly beach vacations, um, there were a number of times that my parents came home from adults-only dinner and the police had been called on us because we were playing elevator tag in the hotel and causing havoc. So... My mom said often, we can't take your kids anywhere. <laughs> it's like once even we go anywhere, the chaos is released wow. like into the world. Wow. Um, but my parents, my mom and my stepdad had just an incredible attitude about all of this. And 
eventually they just embraced the chaos. Like they were just like, okay, we're going to laugh and we're going to have fun. And they were going to laugh at our expense too. Like I still have pictures today of my siblings and I with our faces covered in watermelon because on a random school night, they thought it would be funny to have us tie our hands behind our back and have a watermelon eating contest just really so cool. they could laugh. And That's really cool. It was, it was hilarious. Mm, this sounds, awesome. um, this sounds great. Yeah, it sounds really fun. <laughs> I love this family. <laughs> It was so much fun. Um, And then there was one period of time where my mom was unemployed for a couple of months and she was bored. And so she created Family Theme Night, which was every Wednesday night, she went out to Party City and she would get like all kinds of decorations for the theme of that Mm. dinner. And she would decorate the living room. So if it was like fiesta night, like we were having like tacos and chips and everything and the whole dining room, you know, decorate it with like fiesta stuff. Like most things in my family, it eventually delved into chaos. Um, And as we got older, we use those nights sometimes to embarrass one of our siblings, like when my brother brought his new girlfriend over. So we made like penis pasta and mini meatballs for dinner that night. That's amazing. I we love had it. we had penis pasta. We had penis pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did, yeah. And we had giant that rolls. That was the best. My giant rolls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had giant <laughs> penis <laughs> penis bread. Yeah, was like, really what the awesome. hell is this? <laughs> Look at these balls. It was amazing. You know? <laughs> and I mean, that's just the kind of stuff that was normal in our family. And Arson, these yeah. theme dinners, these theme dinners became like a staple of our family, and is kind of like what. Everyone that knows us knows about us. And even as we got older, then we took it on to do for our parents. So, for example, one of, I think, my favorites that we did for my mom was we did a fire theme night because my mom had a tendency to accidentally start fires, (laughs) even having to have... (laughs) <laughs> like the fire department come when I was like younger and traumatized me. <laughs> so we decorated the whole, you know, dining room with red, orange, yellow streamers. We got like firemen hats. That's great. You know, we That's did great. the whole deal. And we had a fire theme party uh, for so my mom. Cool. And That's so cool. If you don't mind, you know, I might, I might lift this idea for my future family yeah oh my gosh they're amazing That's we so cool. and i mean there's so many that we've had and there's ones that are inappropriate that we all swore we would never even speak about so like my family was really out of control <laughs> like so at cool. times that is so cool. um but you know we watched our parents throughout our lives um go through a lot of difficulties and we watched them learn how to laugh through all that and it was something that they taught us Amen. was that if you had a lot of laughter and you were surrounded by love and if as siblings and as a family we stuck together that we could always get through anything yeah and we are more grateful for it than anything that our parents taught us that especially over the past 10 years as we have faced a lot of difficulties in our family Um, about 10 years ago, we lost my stepfather very suddenly, and wow. that kind of sent a shock through my whole family. Yep. Yep. Everybody was devastated, and, you know, you're watching your brothers who had also lost their mom as children now lose right. their father. Right. You're watching your mom hurt, and you're hurting for yourself, and at the same time, it still brought us closer together. We spent more time at my mom's house. You know, we all lived within 
two mile radius of each other. So we were always together and we were still always trying to find ways to laugh because that was who my mom was. That was who we were. And, um, and we really like bonded through that time. And then six years after that, my mom was diagnosed with end stage liver disease and um, we had never seen our mom sick ever in our lives. Well, so yeah. to see her so sick was difficult for us all, but we we had each other. Yeah. And when we learned she needed the transplant, um, all of us stepped up to go and get tested to um, see if we could be donors. And all three of her biological children were perfect matches for her. And I'm the oldest, so I was ready to go through with you know, the whole <clears throat> with it, you know, I felt like, well, I'm the oldest, I should take on this responsibility. Yeah. But my youngest brother was like, absolutely not. I don't want you or your sister taking this on. Like, mm -hmm. I want you to take care of mom recovering. Mm -hmm. I don't want you taking the risk. And I, wow. I can never tell you how grateful I am for my brother to make that sacrifice like knowing that there was no guarantee whatsoever yeah, yeah. that the surgery would work um and my mom while she was fighting to recover she she had a bunch of things she wanted to do you know and that she was fighting for so she she made a list while she was in the hospital and she wanted to take a, a family beach vacation like we always had and this time she wanted to get a house on the beach with everybody to go there and um she wanted a grandchild so anyone that was married or in a serious relationship she reminded them every single day that she was going to make, gonna it, make it out of there make and somebody child. better give her a grandchild <laughs> and most importantly she wanted to dance with my brother at his uh wedding a year and a half from now her liver buddy that had donated his liver to her so my mom fought really hard for all of that stuff and um, nine months after her surgery she was healthy and we were able to go on that family Wait. vacation to the beach it was the most incredible week of all the family vacations we've ever had that is my absolute favorite I'm actually wearing the shirt from that uh family vacation it says hashtag team chopped liver because we all wow that's wow. awesome that's that is so cool man. that is so cool so we walked the jersey boardwalks with yes. our shirts on my mom had a shirt that said contain recycled parts and my brother had one that said straight out of transplant surgery so <laughs> wow. we all have finishing shirts for vacation it was incredible um and then the following july my brother and his wife my brother michael and his wife gave birth to my nephew, wow. Christopher, and my mom was able to meet her grandson and to hold oh. him in her arms. And I'll never forget the excitement on her face when she found out like she was gonna be a grandmother. Like wow. just the pure joy that came over her was incredible to see. Then in August uh, was my brother's wedding and there was not a dry tear in the house when we all watched them dance together to stand by oh me, my goodness. you know, 19 wow. months after he had donated his liver to that her. Is, that is unbelievable. And, uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, three weeks later, um, her appendix burst and her immune system was too compromised for her to be able to recover from that. And 
we did lose her on September 13th of 2020, which by far the absolute worst day of our lives. And at that point, we had each other. That was what we had left. And not just that, my my family in that lived in Pennsylvania, my siblings that lived there, especially my sisters that lived out there that I didn't live with all the time, you know, they came out. Everybody was just there. And I was so unbelievably thankful for the way that our parents raised us and reminded us to always, always, always stick together, to always support each other. Um, I feel like we bonded as kids over a lot of laughs and that bond has deepened as we face the loss of our parents. And I think that we've learned what it means to find laughter despite the pain of the loss. And um, I'm, I'm so grateful for the way we grew up and what our parents taught us because of what we have today. Well, wow. that is one of the most amazing stories that I've ever heard. Same um, here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. You know, it, it really does put in perspective how precious life is, right? How short those moments are that we actually have. But really, and why and why? I love what you're saying about laughter. Right. We that's actually the way we grew up too. We grew up that exact way. Exact same way. I mean, through the worst of it. And we've been through some stuff. We'd have you to know? find some some laughter. Um, that is, is so important. It started. It was really our grandparents that sort of led that charge, and it trickled down to us. And still to this day, all the stuff that we go through in our lives, and you know, I mean, there's ups and downs. You know, I'm working on a blended family right now, right? So you can relate to that, you know. And there's a lot of intricacies. I have two teenage daughters, you know, and um, the blending of families is difficult. And you know, I try to laugh, and we laugh through it all. When we lost my grandmother, my grandparents were the greatest couple ever. Yeah. Um, and they were married, you know, almost 60 years, you know, and uh, and my grandfather, even even that day, found time to somehow make, yeah, a, make a, joke. a joke. Yeah, and uh, and that was the love of his life. And then we lost my pop, you know, um, eight years later, and uh, and he was laughing, you know, up until the last day, you know. So um, I think what you know, as life, you know, God gives you life, right, and then and then he slowly takes it away, and that's really the journey, you know. Um, but the blessing is that your mom was able to accomplish. She was blessed with being able to do everything she wanted to do on that bucket list. You know, how amazing and is that? So, and look what she's left you guys with. Yeah, and, and now so, you guys are all now, taking over that yes, role yes. and that position as yes. the head of the family. And so, she continues on. Right. Yeah. Well, truly continues what, on through it, you guys. Right. Well, and, and in this moment, today our kids will know her because. We continue to do all of the things that, exactly. you know, our family has always done. I mean, my birthday was three weeks after my um, mother had passed away. And my my cousins and my siblings threw me a I Heart the 90s theme party. <laughs> there you go, were, man. There you go. There you go. You know, 90s like in the really, house. 90s in the house. We, um, we find a way to laugh. Yeah. yeah well, and, and It is such a blessing. Um you know, boy, uh, and I tell this to my girls all the time, you know, people are always going to have things that are different than you and what you may perceive as better things. Um, there's always people that are going to have it worse and very few people are going to have it as good. So 
if you keep all that in perspective and you realize this is your journey, you know, and there's nothing to be compared to anybody else's, but boy, if you look at what you've been blessed with, Samantha, I mean, honestly, that is an incredible story. Really Very is. few yeah, people really is. can tell a story like that, that they've been able to experience like the one that you've had. So although the loss is so painful and I know nothing replaces anybody, you'll never, but what an amazing fulfillment you have in your heart you know as we sit here and listen to this we have joy in our hearts yeah, we the, do. for the joy that you have in your heart do, yeah that's it's, it's really an indelible mark yeah. that your mom and your dad and your stepfather they left on you guys that is the enduring love that that's the eternal gift you guys are going to carry that on yep. you'll pass it on to your families and your children and when we all I, we all say this that when we get up to heaven Hopefully we can hang out with my pop again and my meme because we miss him terribly. Um, and you guys are all going to get together for one of those big parties up there one day in a hundred years. I know it. Um, I really believe that with all my heart. So thank you so I much really for sharing that story today. You are awesome. Yeah, you are awesome. Family um, sounds amazing. I, literally, I want to be a part of it. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Especially Listen, the 10th brother. Especially since he's the Jersey Shore Everyone. in Philly. My mom has always had an open door policy. Yeah, so right. right. All right. Well, next time you go to the Jersey Shore, call us call us up on the Brilliant Love Podcast because we grew up on the Jersey Shore. We get houses every year on yeah. the water. And we went, walked the boardwalks and did the scramblers and had the funnel cakes and the Coors ice cream. Like, that's where oh, we grew yeah. up, too. So, anyway, um, just thank you so much for sharing yeah. that. You know, we Beautiful. are we are hopefully going to be blessed to do this show here for a long time to come. And we're going to check back in with everybody that we checked in with. So, we will be talking again uh, at yeah. some point. Thank you, guys. All right? And thank you. Thank you so much. You, this has been by far an amazing moment for us. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that moment, Samantha. God bless you, and we'll talk again soon, okay? Thank you. God bless you guys, too. All right. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank awesome. You. Good talking to you. Bye. You know, I'm telling you, man, wow. stories like that, that is amazing. they really reaffirm, because I've come across it a lot, whether it's friends or in relationships, Yeah. where, and, it's, and now I'm looking, it kind of breaks my heart. It's sad. Like, I, I know how blessed we are, Yeah. because- when people don't, aren't blessed to have siblings and a family that, yeah. that have that, they don't understand it and to the point where they find it threatening. I know. I, I've had been in relationships where people are threatened by this relationship or the relationship I, I have with my mother. I know. And it's like, it's, it doesn't make me angry anymore. It makes me sad because darn it, that's what everybody needs. That's what everybody That's what everybody should have is a family core unit that, that look, understands that love trumps everything. Look, it, it, with with what we've been through in 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 my family in particular, and you and I have both been through divorces more than not recently, you know. But yeah. you know, obviously more recent than I. But you know, when you have kids, you know, it, it's so hard. It's so easy for the children to lose perspective of what they do have because they feel like they're losing things, right? You know, and and I I just keep telling them, and I know, look, it's the long game with kids a lot of times, yeah. but you know, it's outlasting their moments of fear, their moments of narrow-mindedness, their moments of selfishness, it's, 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 it's outlasting that going, no, look at what you have. I constantly tell my girls all the time, you know, because they say, we miss this, we miss that. I say, but, but look at what you have. Yeah. Don't, don't focus on what you don't have. Of focus on what you have. Because what happens, what when you you focus, what happens when you focus on things you don't have? Right. Right. You get less and less. Exactly right. When you focus on the good things, you get more and more. Exactly. It's exactly just, that's right. the law of nature. But it it's is, just the way it, it works. Is, honestly, I would, I, I pray... That, that, you know, maybe Charlie and Livia will watch this episode and hear oh, that story about a blended family. Makes me want to have like eight because, kids, yeah. man. Be, and you know what? And like you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? Sam, my wife, has a blended family. I mean, think yeah. about this. She, you know how close she is with her yeah. uh, sisters. They're all from different fathers. She right. has half sisters. She has two, she has two, uh, you know, half 
brother and sister when their father remarried. Yeah. They're all years apart. Yeah. Her youngest sister had a baby when she was barely 16. I mean, yet that family, when they get together, and I told you I went to her grandfather's uh, funeral, right. 300 people, yeah. all family, showed yeah. up. And they were, I had never seen anything like it. Yeah. So, so it is, it is you, we have to focus on the blessings that we have. It's too yeah. easy to focus on what we don't have or what we feel we lose yep. because there is so much to be thankful for. And that is a pinnacle example and crystallizes just how impactful the things you have and focusing on those things can be for you in your life and just keeping everything in perspective. Wow. What a, what a moment. That's great. What a moment. Those Unbelievable. Kind of stories like that was they, really, that was tricky. awesome. That was awesome. Reinvigorate. It really is. Let's go out and get some food. I know. You guys want to get a bite to eat? Yeah, let's go. All get right, some let's food. do it. We will talk to you again next time, right? Oh, On yeah. the what is this called? The Brotherly Love Podcast. You blew it. You gotta say it in threes. One, two, three. The Brotherly Love, Love Podcast. Podcast. See you later. Bye guys. Thanks for joining us today. For more Lawrence Brothers, join our Patreon.